And I remember I, not even just college, throughout high school, I was just so unsure about my future. Um, yeah, so throughout, fun fact, so in college, I worked 12 internships uh, throughout that four-year span. Yeah, don't try it. Don't try to figure out. <laughs> it. I ended up doing 12 internships throughout, throughout that four-year span. Um, I was just so unsure about my future. I was always saying, I hope I get a, a job after graduation. I hope I get a job after graduation. I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, I lay on the scale. You got to glow. got to glow. You got to glow. She had my attention. She got to know. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Last Guy Podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode, I'm my friend Kyle to speak about life after college and sports. I'll leave a content warning for any language used in the episode, and hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Above many time. So, like every other episode, the first question I ask is what would your origin story be, and how'd you like to represent it? Definitely. I mean, I guess my origin story is that, uh, so I wasn't born in the U.S. I was actually born on in a small island in the Caribbean called St. Martin. I uh, moved over here when I was about six months old, six months old with my family. Um, so yeah, I am an immigrant. Um, so yeah, I always grew up in a West Indian household. Um, and then we moved to New York. Uh, I stayed in Queens, New York for the last uh, 22 years of my life. Um, so that's a little bit about my background. Um, yeah. Nice. And how would you like to represent that? What'd you say? How would you like to represent that? Like, would you like a book, a TV, a movie? Definitely. I mean, I feel like life is a journey, so I don't really, I don't, I wouldn't say there's a particular movie or a TV show that represents that more life. Life in itself is a movie for me. Um, yeah. So life is a journey to if I had to create like a movie of my life, it would literally be, literally be called The Journey. Um, so yeah. Nice. So, and I got a world of an immigrant household. How was that? Did you have any expectations you had to live up to? Yeah, definitely. So one thing about living in a West Indian household, um, your academics, well, working hard in general is very, it's drilled into you at an early age. Um, I never really necessarily had a problem with that because I was always self-driven. Uh, so my, I was raised by my mother, a single parent. She never really had to stress that on me because I was always stressing that on myself. Uh, and I always did that from early age. So she kind of uh, let me do what I had to do. Uh, but yeah, we're <laughs> in a uh, West Indian household. Many people will tell you it's very strict, very much so. Yeah. And so like being so different, what kind of brought that into you? Did you have that just being born with it or did you kind of see something you want to achieve? Um, I would say like, so I didn't have a backup plan, uh, being raised in a single parent household. Uh, I'm the youngest of two. My mom, my mom raised two kids on her own. I didn't necessarily have a backbone. So it was either I make it or I don't. Uh, and I, I chose, you know, I chose, uh, well, I chose to make it. Uh, I worked hard. I knew that I would have to work hard cause I didn't have another option. Uh, so that's really what started my self-motivation. Um, so yeah. Nice. It's like a lot of people go like, let's go to the league. Like we didn't have the league. That wasn't an option. It was just like yeah. either school or we'd be working lower and jobs. And we just like, no, let's try something else. Definitely. Yeah. One thing that my mom always told me, the earliest lesson I could, that she ever taught me was to be a leader, don't be a follower. Um, that was just drilled within me from an early age. I always knew I had priorities. I had responsibilities that I had to take care of before, you know, I went to the basketball to play basketball, went to the, 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 park to play basketball 
or do anything like that. I knew I always knew that homework and school came first. Um, that that was my job. Essentially, parents were like, "You have one job: go to school." Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm like, you go go to school. You go, only thing different is you learn something new. You go come back yep. with one piece. Definitely, man. Definitely. But yeah, I've seen that when I first met you. You was like, I'm gonna be the NAPA president freshman year. And everybody was like, word. And then yes, we came. I was like very impressed. <laughs> I was like, oh yes, it's stuck, stuck to it. Definitely, that was definitely a goal of mine. Um, from an early age when I was well, I was 18 coming into college. Uh, I joined like seven different organizations. But I stuck with NABIS because I resonated with uh, NABIS mission a little bit more. Uh, not to knock any other clubs, but I always uh, recommend that freshmen join a variety of clubs. And then that number dwindles down as you progress throughout your sophomore, junior, and senior year. Uh, so I stuck with NABIS, um, became the treasurer, the vice president, and the president of my senior year. Uh, it was definitely an experience. It, it, I grew a lot from age 18 to 22, something like that. Um, I grew a lot professionally, personally, um, the amount of skills that I was able to pick up, the network that I gathered from my four years of college, my four years of NABA. Um, so I'm, I'm actually, uh, right now, I'm actually on the NABA New York professional board as well. Um, so yeah, I stuck with NABA even after graduation uh, and because it did a lot for me. Nice. And kind of like navigating the cause and everything. Did you kind of yeah. just make it up as you went or did you kind of have like a, a least a loose blueprint of what you wanted to do? Yeah, it was definitely a loose blueprint. Uh, so I started off as an accounting major, actually. Uh, and I switched over to finance my sophomore year because I felt as though finance was more for me than accounting. Uh, not to knock the accounting profession, but I feel as that would flourish more uh, within the financial uh, services industry. So I stuck with finance for sophomore year, graduated as a finance major. Uh, and I'm working in finance right now. I'm actually in management consulting. Uh, I'm loving it so far. It's my first... I'm in my third week right now. Uh, so I'm, it's a new journey in my life. Uh, like, you know, talked a little bit about earlier, the word journey. Uh, I'm definitely in a new journey right now in my life post-graduation. Nice. Not post-grad life. Definitely, definitely. So, yeah. What else? Me currently, I'm doing marketing. So I'm doing media and podcasting and radio. Mm -hmm. How's so, that going? Uh, it's my third month, so I'm starting to get more, like, work and stuff. So in terms mm -hmm. of pretty much just doing invoicing, just clearing out the invoices for the bonus spots. Mm -hmm. And then whatever projects kind of give us randomly, I just kind of help and help on. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you about that. Um, is that something that you saw yourself doing when you entered freshman year of uh, um, college? Oh, uh, no. I, I had the main thing in college is that I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I came in, also I came in as an accountant. And then my mom kept asking me, do you really want to be an accountant? And when she kept asking something, she asked me she wants me to do something different. Because that's when she's like, she doesn't want, she doesn't want to tell me to do it. But she's just like, hey, here's an idea. Uh -huh. So then I tried um, CIS. But then when I got a zero on the midterm in the um, major class, uh -huh. I kind of had to, um, it wasn't like the zero was a surprise because I kind of was like in the class because it wasn't doing well. And I kind of had to plan on like, okay, this isn't going well. So um, let me just have a backup plan. And then I was like, based on what I get in the midterm, is what I'm gonna do. So if I do well in the midterm, I stay in the class. If I do okay, I'll stay in the major, but switch to a different part. So I'm gonna take another program in class. 
And if I do bad, I just switch to marketing. And then that's kind of how I did it. Okay. Oh yeah, Baruch, uh, Baruch test with no <laughs> joke. Uh, Baruch was definitely not the easiest, easiest experience academically, but I'm definitely glad that we both were able to gain that Baruch experience. Yeah. A lot of people was like, wise man is a wise, wise man choice. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> definitely. But even now, like with my current position, mm-hmm. I still probably gonna just switch into do something different because I just like exploring. Like testing things, I was like, you know what? That's just like a new fun thing to do. Let me go try that. But let me ask you a question. Uh, to add on top of that, how did you? What made you want to leverage your own podcasting um, sessions? Because I'm always, because like as you can see, like yeah. I have a little podcast uh, set up myself. Um, trying to trying to be like you, Z. Trying <laughs> to be like you. So like, what sparked that? Um, the motivation to create your own podcast sessions. So after I graduated, I didn't have like a job. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty much working a summer job at Baruch for the last, for like just like four weeks. And then um, after that finished, I kind of was like, okay, what's next? So I almost went into like 3D modeling, like animation. But then I was like, I really don't like animating. And then I went for a job interview for like a super position I had for, 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 print, for print. And I, I, I thought, even though like I got home for that interview, I still didn't feel myself, but I wasn't really happy. Where I was at, and it was like I seen all uh, the people I work with my junior on the podcast, and I was like, "Hmm, this is like a good idea." And then I told somebody about it, and then like I, for me, after I told somebody about it, I kind of had to stick with it because it's not like you don't want to be like the person who like you always say you want to start something and you never start it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then it was like so, something. It was no, more like on. A, it was more like a project I can do. While I'm trying to find, figure everything out, and mm-hmm. there was like four things could happen. It could go well. It can somebody could pay me for it. I can get a job from it, or it could go horribly. But I still learn something from it. Mm-hmm. How do you think it's going? Uh, number three right now is more of us. I get a job from it, so definitely, man, definitely. Congrats. So that was kind of my own thought process that day. I just got mm-hmm. home. I was like, this ain't it. Definitely. I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> yeah, then with the current job, I applied. They see I have a podcast on my resume. They was like, hey, you should play for this position instead. Because I applied for a different position and then they hit me. I got the email for interview for a one I didn't apply for. I was like, what happened? Yeah. People told me about it and I was like, cool. Man, that's amazing, man. I'm inspired by you, man. I'm I'm trying to create something like I'm like I told you I'm on my new journey in life right now. I'm trying to create something on the weekends, um, geared towards like helping college students. Uh, but I'm definitely gonna reach out to you for any helps or any tips and tricks you could uh you could lend my way. Definitely made a PDF. I was like, people ask me questions, so here's all the ideas and stuff I learned from the first year all to one. Definitely. I definitely, I like it. It's easier. It's just like, so a lot of times people get to talk. So I get to talk mm-hmm. to people and they get to the own, which we call it just like relax and just talk about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt that. Yeah. New journeys in life. Yeah, journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's on my side. Three months in, nothing really new. Peace.
It's learning. What you been doing for fun lately, my man? Uh, we wasn't playing basketball, just hanging out with some friends. We go to each other's houses, uh-huh. and then we just play cards, and then uh, play games, and just catch up with each other. Because first of all, that was Fortnite, and then it became, let's go to each other's houses, where everything goes safer. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've been trying to play basketball, basketball myself. Uh, I usually do it on the weekends or maybe like after work if I end up and I end, if I end off early. Uh, but I've been like, so like when I envisioned my twenties, uh, COVID kind of slowed it down. But I always wanted to travel. Uh, so this year alone, I went to Costa Rica, Mexico. Uh, I went to the Bahamas, um, and I'm going to Aruba next week. Um, so yeah, so that's I've been trying to travel, but you know, COVID is kind of slowing it down. <laughs> Uh, I think they're shutting. I think they're gonna shut down a lot of things uh, because of the Delta variant. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to travel this year for fun. Nice. I still haven't traveled yet, but I'm gonna get there. Definitely, man. You should try it, man. Once COVID slows down, you should definitely try it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how's yeah. traveling for you? Oh, uh, it's great, man. I mean, it's a little different now because of like the COVID mandate. Um, sorry, the mask mandate. Uh, a lot of these countries either you have to take a PCR test to go there or a PCR test to come back. Um, and they charge you a high price to actually take the test. Uh, so I've never paid for a PCR test while I'm in the U.S., but outside of the U.S., I've had to pay upwards of like $70, $80, $90 for a test just to come back to the U.S. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting. They're, they're profiting off of it for real. Um, but, yeah, that's how it's been lately. Feel like tourism down? Got you. Okay. Yep. Thanks for that. One thing about the world, they ain't they gonna make their money. Like one loss is another is another win. Yeah, definitely. But tie back to finance, what kind of like brings you with like financial stuff like that, counting and money and stuff? Definitely. So I mean, actually, what I wanted to do when I first, you know, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a corporate lawyer, uh, because I was always interested in business and law. Uh, then I had an internship at the Queens District Attorney's Office. I think it was my freshman year of high school. Um, and then I hated law. After that, I didn't want anything to do with law. Uh, so I stuck with business, um, mainly because I like money. Uh, that's really why I always like uh, accounting slash finance. Um, so, yeah, so that's a little bit about my background into why I chose my major and the profession that I'm in right now. Um, my, I guess at the time, my love for money. Makes sense. Yeah. Honest, honest answer. Definitely. And it's good that you kind of figure out, you kind of had the experience of not liking law at a young age mm-hmm. and not going through it and then being like, oh, I don't like this. And then trying to have to scramble. Yeah. And the reason why I was interested in law in the first place is because my grandmother and I always loved watching Law and Order together. Like, I think we've watched almost every single episode uh, up to this day. Um, I think they're still making new episodes now. Um so, yeah, so I've always loved watching Law and Order. So that's why I thought, hmm, Law and Order, Law goes hand in hand. I might as well, you know, try career in law. Didn't work out for me. Um, so I stuck with finance. Well, you can do it like this, just try. Yeah, definitely. The funny thing is, people like this one as accountant, then you go to finance. And for mm-hmm. finance, you go to economics. Yeah. And then for economics, you go to business and communications. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I miss people, but I miss it. I miss 
the school. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Baruch taught me a lot of great life lessons. Um, but I guess I just don't like the institution. Not necessarily Baruch. I just don't like the institution of, um, I feel like higher education could reshape some of its um, common functionalities. Uh, I feel as though people, students learn different ways. And I feel like they're trying to teach things one particular way. Um, and you can't just have that one particular uh, methodology for all, what was it, 16,000 students. Uh, so don't get me wrong, I love Baruch, but I feel like higher education uh, can use a little change up. Yeah, definitely. It's like, you still go on some remembering, like, you know what, this wasn't really fun. It was the people there yeah. that was fun. Definitely. And that, like a lot of my classes, um, a lot of the business classes I had, we was just trying to get a grade, a good enough grade that it will keep our GPAs where it where it's at. Um, not necessarily trying to learn the content, and I feel as though that's what I what I'm alluding to. Um, having students actually learn the content instead of actually like reading a textbook, preparing for a test. Uh, you're gonna forget all that information after the test anyway. Um, things th things of that nature. Yeah, it's like that memorization versus yeah. actually getting the knowledge. Absolutely. And I came into college wanting to learn everything about business. Um, I wouldn't say I learned everything to, uh, to this day. I'm always learning new things now, uh, but I learned a great deal. Um, I came in wanting to learn so much, but I felt as though at a certain point it was just repetitive work, just learning about this chapter, taking a quiz, a uh, couple of chapters, taking a midterm, hopefully trying to do well on that midterm, things of, things of that sort. Yeah, definitely. On the marketing side, it's a little bit more loose because some of the classes will be once a week, a hybrid. So you kind of just like have time to be like, all right, cool, this you can relax. But it's still like sometimes like a rat race is just like get the grade. And if you get the grade, just just go to the next level. Mm -hmm. Definitely, man. It's a dope life now. Yeah, it's definitely different. I love it though. I love it more than than student life. But... <laughs> You know, like, because like you forget when you get to the place you wanted to when you were younger, you kind of forget how you felt trying to get mm -hmm. there. Definitely. You're like, I did it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I remember I, <clears throat> not even just college, throughout high school, I was just so unsure about my future. Um, yeah, so throughout, fun fact, so in college, I worked 12 internships uh, throughout that four-year span. Yeah, don't try it. Don't try to figure out. <laughs> I ended up doing 12 internships throughout, throughout that four-year span. Um, I was just so unsure about my future. I was always saying, I hope I get a, a job after graduation. I hope I get a job after graduation. I don't want to uh, graduate without a job, and I would feel this pressure. I didn't want to go through that. Um, so I was a little anxious of acquiring these internships, making, <clears throat> making sure that my future was secured. Um, and that was always a stressful thing for me because, like, I never knew what I wanted to do exactly. Like, I knew I wanted to be in finance, um, but I didn't know what I wanted to do for, with the next, uh, hopefully, 60 years of my life, 60, 70, 80 years of my life. Yeah, trying to be like 12, four years. Yeah. So, three a year on average. On average, yeah. Yeah, on average. Definitely. Yeah. I, I did two, mm -hmm. one tech interested class and one McCann my last semester. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 
So let me ask you this. So what would you say is like your most memorable class that you truly enjoyed? Okay, I remember six years ago. Jesus, that was six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> remember class? Okay, let's go through the years. Freshman year, I say the first English class because mm-hmm. we listened to we um the one that's writing assignments. We had to write about Kendrick Lamar swimming pools is when put one of the um the text or like reading materials and i was like and sometimes a little bit they ask and i was like this is stuff we like yeah it's not just like old poetry like stuff you like okay definitely for me it was um well two classes uh his so i was a uh africana studies minor uh during my time at baruch um and those are the classes I enjoyed uh, mostly. Uh, so I would say the couple standout classes was uh, History of Racism in America. I think I took that my, it was either my freshman or sophomore year. Um, and then I took, it was either my junior or senior year. Um, I took a racism in New York, history of racism in New York class. Um, and that just shaped, shaped my perspective on a lot of things. Uh, but those were the most uh, two standout classes that I took while my time at Baruch. And I will also say my philosophy class because everything was open book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, love those. <laughs> I was like, this is the easiest class I ever taken in my life. Yeah. We love those. <laughs> Let's go back to your point about like, why did you like, so what about those classes kind of like interest you? Say that again. What kind of what about those classes interest you? The um African American studies classes. It was just like so. It was just so like I. It was information that I never knew. Firstly, uh, secondly, it was just oh uh, the wow factor. Learning that information and how uh we take it for granted. How many people uh take it for granted? How many people don't even know this information? Um, about how historic the Africa burial ground in New York is. Um things of that nature. And like, I feel as if that information as a black man uh, who lives in New York, uh, it was very important for me to get that, um, that under my belt, that kind of education uh, before I graduated college. Um, I became a Africana studies minor from freshman year because I always knew that I wanted to shape my mind, open up a new horizon in my mind. Um, so yes, so th- those classes really stood out to me because it was the wow factor and how essential it is, yet people take it for granted. That connects to how, like, in history class and like public school, when it comes to like racism, they only ever talk about the South. They never talk about the North. They don't. They don't. It's like it was the South. The South was evil. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I believe I forgot exactly what state it was, but they made. This is actually recent. They made it. El- illegal to actually talk about the Native Americans and Martin Luther King in the history textbooks. I forgot what state it was. My apologies. But and I feel as though in 2021, that's just ridiculous. Like, how are you going to talk about American American history and not talk about Native Americans, not talk about Martin Luther King Jr.? Um, It's just mind boggling to me. But yeah, that's actually recent news that that state uh, made it illegal. That's yeah. I I I remember hearing about that too. Yeah. Because right now the whole political race theory is a new word of the same issue people are having about talking about what happened in history. Mm-hmm. 
because people don't want to look at as the bad guy. Yeah, that's just the world we live in, though. Yeah. I was watching TikTok how somebody in Texas was like, um, they're asking their boyfriend why that since Alaska and Hawaii are so close to each other, they have different climates. And he was like, what do you mean? You know how the maps, they just show them, they put them in their maps. Yep. And she didn't know that there was in two separate areas. Yeah, yeah. Hawaii's actually like, on my bucket list. Too. I'm trying to go to Hawaii <laughs> one day. Um, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Education in the state, states are different. Yep, definitely. Hmm, that was a depressing note. Yeah. Back to college. What other classes were fun? Animation was fun. Animation. Yeah. Man, you you telling me these a whole bunch of classes that I wish I would have taken during <laughs> my time. I was busy trying to graduate as a um, if you know anything about well, you, I'm know you, but the audience. Uh, one thing about Baruch is hard; they make it difficult to graduate in four years. Um, but yeah, so I hope, like, thankfully, I did. Especially as a finance major, I was busy taking the business classes, and they were yeah. no joke. Uh, we had to keep our head down, study, amongst other things. Um, it was very difficult, but I'm glad that those days are behind me now. I can look <laughs> back, and I'm proud of myself for going through that. Um, Definitely, I'm trying to get my MBA soon, actually, in all honesty. Nice. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I stopped. I feel you. I don't blame you. I, don't I was blame. like, I am done. I have no more energy. Mm-hmm. Only way I'm doing it, if my job said I pay you more, and I'm just like, oh, word? Say less? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So you brought up, you brought up, not to change the subject, but you brought up basketball who's your favorite team right now uh in terms of teams i want the nest to win because you know it's a very valuable team and they have a chance to win uh-huh. and then i could probably go to parade in my life but oh my god parade but okay then, oh yeah you i forgot you were brooklynite yeah okay and that parade you. right down the block i could just take the bus over quick and like, oh let's go i feel you i actually used to work for the nets I used to be an intern. One of my interests was at the Brooklyn Nets uh, on the corporate side of things. Um, I saw, he's not on the team anymore, but I saw Karis LeVert um, in the elevator one time. Huge. <laughs> tall guy. Tall guy. And, and we're tall people. Yeah. He was. <laughs> he was right? <laughs> that would be great, but in terms of the NBA, I kind of just like the teams because. At the time, it's the game's just on the TV. and not really paying attention. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I feel you. So uses whoever, I use kind of just like close and just talk about it. And then whoever's in the playoffs, kind of kind of go with who I think we're going to win. And just hope mm-hmm. you up, go further. Yeah. I'm a Lakers man. I'm a Lakers guy mm-hmm. myself. Um, my favorite player of all, well, not of all time. My favorite player of all time is Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. But... My second favorite player of all time is Russell Westbrook. Uh, he's on the Lakers. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a huge LeBron fan, but I, I respect this game. So LeBron, um, I, I think the Lakers have a chance this year. I think so. I, think. I just I just want to see how it works. If it works, then they're professionals. They can make it work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like you have so much star power. Like, something's got to work. You know? LeBron, 
it's good for how Russell Westbrook in the regular season because of LeBron need to take a break. Russell Westbrook can still get yeah. you 25 points mm-hmm. on his own. Like yeah. it gives LeBron off some time to like rest during the season. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And AD, AD is like injury prone. Uh, mm-hmm. Give him less time. Uh, you got Melo now, Dwight Howard. They brought Dwight Howard back. Um, good, solid players. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Trevor Ariza. Hopefully, don't get, nobody gets injured. I'm praying that no, there's no injury at all. Um, but, Similar yeah, I think the, it's going to be the Lakers in the Nets. Similar on that side, um, James Harden just worked yeah. out through this offseason. Kyrie, Aisha Ankle, KD, take some rest because you're in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite player? All time is Kobe because that's like the first person I knew besides like Jordan. And I took mm-hmm. his fade away and put that into my game and off the backboard to myself. That's kind of just like how okay. I took from his game because like I'm not really an offensive type of player, I'm more of a Dennis Rodman type of player. Mm-hmm. So what what so you said Kobe, but who's your favorite player now? Now I was I say I respect LeBron because it's his brain, just like how he thinks, and just like Nobody should, how you just process all the information at once and be like, all right, cool, this is going to happen. And just you tell the other player what his plays are, you just like, okay. That's when you just know, like, some people want it, and some people really want it. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of what I think is, like, the best offensively is KD because he's just yep. so tall. He can just shoot over it. Like, any defense you put on him, he's just going to look over it and just like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Shot. Hey, and nine times out of ten, he's gonna make that tough shot. You just like how you guard that? Because I was like, with the Nets, I felt you can't. Was like, That's the point. You can't. <laughs> you can't. With the Nets, I was like, Kyrie. I want Kyrie to take the last drive because he's just so crafty. He could put something in the air. It's gonna go in. But then James Harden, if it's like a four point play that you need, just play James Harden. Give James Harden the ball. He gives you your four points, and then KD is like the last shot. Just say, like, all right, cool. You just need to score. Yeah. Doesn't matter where, just make it. Yeah, man. Nets got a, they. That team is just star studded from every angle. The only thing I worry about is like defense. But I, I heard that they picked up DeAndre Jordan. Uh, yeah. He could defend a post though. Um, at this point in his career. Um. Yeah, they got a good team. If they stay healthy, like what team could really stop them? Yeah, all that happened last year is that they got injured. Two of the two of the yeah. three players yeah. got injured. Mind you, Katie took them. What was the game seven? Katie took yeah. them to game seven. And he just had to have a little twin, size twenty-two foot. As a big-footed guy myself, I understand the pain. Yeah, I you like I was a toe away. Mm-hmm. And then this is a different year. That'd be a different year. Yeah, true. And they might they would have they might have won the championship. They might have. But if I had some more time to rest, then he could have been like, yeah. wait, no. Because mm, they had to go against the Hawks, but they could have beat the Hawks. Easily. It would beat the Hawks easily. Yeah. Even with just KD, they would beat the Hawks. Yeah. Definitely. 
but you get 12. I'm still trying to do time management and sanity. There's only a few people I know in the world who got out working. You're one of them. <laughs> I don't know about that, brother. You 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 gotta you gotta you got a pretty <laughs> strong game yourself. Yeah, a pretty strong game. It's all about what you care about. I feel as though like in life, if you really want something and you're passionate for it, you'll make time for it. Um, yeah. If you care about succeeding, you'll take that, you know, you'll have a, a strict schedule, wake up at six, five in the morning. Um, I know I don't do this, but I know some people who start their day with a run. One second. Oh, uh, yeah. So I know some of the people, they start the day with a run in, in the morning at five, six in the morning. Um, so, yeah. I don't necessarily do that, but yeah, you wake up. One second, Zeke, one second. Yeah. My bad. My bad. What were we talking about? Uh, scheduling and wanting things. Yeah, definitely. I, I know people who wake up at like five in the morning, start their day with a run um, or a workout, then get to work, uh, work out after that. Um, I'm trying to get more like, I'm trying to get more of, trying to implement physical fitness uh, into my life now because, like, I'm on a new journey. Um, so I probably might start that. Uh, but I'm trying to enroll in, like, um, my company's paying for a fitness class. So I think I'm either going to do Muay Thai or boxing. Uh, so I'm trying to try, I'm trying to uh, implement more physical fitness. Muay Thai, eight, eight limbs. You get, what you said? Muay Thai, the eight limbs, martial yeah. arts. Yep. So my clinching, elbows. Definitely, definitely. I'm trying. I'm looking it up. Nice. So you work hard. That's, that's impressive. You do too, my man. You do too. I did some club stuff and I was active. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What <laughs> lessons did you learn from being so active at during your time in college? Uh, definitely learn my limit of what I can focus on in terms of how many things I can do besides the school. And I was like, if I had like one main thing, the best I can do is two other things besides that, like two side projects, and that's on a good day. Okay. Because there's one, there's if I have three things trying to juggle, one of them is going to be dropped just for the sure um, exhaustion. Definitely, man. Definitely. And also, how to learn people's personalities and how to interact with them. Yeah, dealing with a variety of people is the greatest life lesson. That's something you can never really master per se, uh, but it's the greatest life lesson. Less life lesson uh, in any space that you're in, uh, whether that be um, friendships, relationships, work, school, um, networking, anything. Uh, learning how to deal with a variety of people is uh, a life skill. Yeah. You also learn how to be a leader and how to say, okay, yeah. this is my leadership skills, but my leadership style because I'm just a laid back person. And then I also learn I'm more of a reluctant leader. Like I have the skills, but if somebody else would do it, I would gladly let them be in charge. But okay, cool. I believe in you. I'll help you out. But if time push comes to serve, I will definitely still be there to be a leader in that moment. Definitely, definitely. And then also, I just kind of learned this like 
just taking the risk to just do something random is always a good option. Just like, you know what? Absolutely. Why not? Absolutely. A lot of people are afraid, are afraid to take risk. I'm telling you, you got to risk it for the biscuit. Sometimes you got to you know what? What's the worst can happen? Exactly. Exactly. You got to eliminate that, that fear factor in your own self um, in order to reach your goals. Um, a lot of people don't. A lot of people um, just live their life with fear. Then they will never reach their full potential. I tell people all the time uh, that you're your own worst judge. Your own, you're, you're your own worst critic. If you don't think you could do, you, if you do not think you can do something, you probably won't do it. You can't do it unless you believe that you can. I definitely see that where like certain mindsets I had in certain years of college, I would do better the freshman year. Kind of came with a mindset of to prove that college isn't that hard. When you go to high school, everybody's like, college is going to be harder. It's going to be a lot of this. And I was like, you know what? I'm still going to do it. I'm going to still be yeah. the best. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Then junior year, I came with a mindset because I got three, four both semesters in sophomore year. Then junior year, I was like, let me try again. Do better. And I did better. B8 and B7. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This also, what else? Yeah, let's be able to just see. A lot of times, you, what you say, Zika, you kind of. No, that's me. I'm just trying to okay. think. It's more just like a lot of times I, I do get in my own head, but like, what if it doesn't work out? And just like, but then you try to be like, kind of remind myself, then do something different. Yeah, absolutely. Trust me, as a, I get in my head sometimes too. Am I really good enough? Um, am I meeting my goals? Am I meeting my own expectations that I set for myself? I get in my head a lot. Uh, but I, a certain part of me tries to pull myself out of that um, and be like, you know, I'm doing a good job. Um, I'm at where I should be in my life. Um, and I'm always trying to, one thing I always tell people, like, make goals for yourself. Um, like I said, you could be your own worst critic, but you could be your own best coach. Uh, you could coach yourself, like, I believe in mentorship, but also coaching yourself. Um, so I set goals for myself on a daily. Like, I have a lot of, I have it right here. I have a lot of uh, small post-it notes that I keep in my, my home office right here. Um, I set goals on a daily with these post-it notes. Um, so yeah, definitely keep, definitely always uh, be a goal getter. Yeah, just have something to strive for. Yeah. That's like I got my whiteboard for it. Just have a bunch of ideas. I'm gonna make into videos soon. Mm-hmm. Definitely, man. Let me know because you know I'm gonna subscribe. Of course. Uh, conquer the social media. What else? What else have we been doing? So yeah, 12 internships and all the clubs on campus. Also, you, you kind of see the people progression. A lot of times I met people playing basketball and then they became presidents of clubs. Yeah. And I'm just like, ooh, a connection. And it's just a genuine connection. Like we were actual friends. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I remember one time, was this... Yeah, we were in a virtual setting, so this was still during the time of COVID. Uh, when things started to open back up, um, a couple of people came to my neighborhood to play basketball. Um, a couple of them, like, I knew them, but I didn't know them at the same time. I never really met them. Um, and I recruited a couple of them to NABA. 
Uh, they recognized that I was never president. I'm like, yeah, I also play basketball too. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so it was, that was definitely fun to find out. Uh, recruited them through that. Uh, you could definitely recruit a lot of, well, not necessarily only recruit. You could definitely network just because of the hobbies that you have, uh, such as basketball. I have my own other hobby. I'm a cologne collector. Um, so I have about like 200 bottles. I have a couple bottles that I bought today um, right here. Uh, so I'm a cologne collector myself. I, I network with other cologne collectors. Um, so yeah, that networking is very key to and success. Well, very key to success in not just education, but in further life. Yeah, you never know who, what people do. Everybody's human. Definitely. Power of meeting people. What you said? The power of meeting people. How have I been meeting people? No, the power of meeting people. Oh, yes. Yes. Definitely, man. I think of an example. Somebody was like was mentoring, and then somebody mm -hmm. we were just waiting, using we the old buildings. We just anybody who came late to the conversation, we'll just bring them into the um to the room. And then met this person, then she was in the club for the Femco club, and then I met the president, and then that was kind of just like a random just a random chance. So I was like, hey, nice meeting you. And then yeah, man. Yeah. Not work anywhere. I remember the club rooms used to the club room conversations used to be the uh the most interesting set of conversations I ever had. Um, but yeah, I remember I haven't been to a Baruch club room in almost two years now. Almost. Yeah, me too. Working there. I don't work there no more. So let me ask you something. Do you feel as though if COVID was never a thing, would you have started your own podcast? I said that before the pandemic. Oh, my my fault. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So okay. this is like just like August after I graduated. Mm -hmm. I had the idea. And then um, January 2020 is when I first released the first episode. Mm -hmm. Okay. Definitely, definitely, man. Now that I think about it, I do remember that you uh, used to have people mm -hmm. over. Uh, I remember I, so I used to watch your podcast episode. You used to have people over in person. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. I remember. The good old days. Now it's just, let it make it easier yeah. for me. What you said? It made it easier for me. Yes, definitely. But even when COVID kind of slowed it down for a little bit, but now it's starting, I think it's starting to stabilize. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's definitely, it was slowing down a lot. We were making a lot of progress before. Delta, you know. Yeah, it's making a lot of progress. Sorry, I'm still on your talk internship, but I'm just like, nobody. <laughs> they, were, they were all in the same same general area of interest. Mm -hmm. So in yeah. a financial institution, like financial type stuff. Yes, yeah. Definitely. And when you interview, how does that how does that number come up? Like, do people ask about it, or do you discuss to say the what's the most important ones for that position? Um, yeah. So it's mostly it's a combination. I don't have all of them on my resume <laughs> per se. Um, like I've interned. I was a finance intern at the Brooklyn Nets. 
um, had a private equity internship. I had a deal advisory internship and a few accounting internships. Uh, so I do a little, maybe like one of each and put that on my resume, uh, you know, accounting, finance, private equity. Um, how does it come up? They, they really, on interviews, they really want to know my journey. Uh, I've probably been on maybe two to 300 interviews during my four years of college. <laughs> um, everybody wants to know the journey and why I chose what I chose. How did I get from point A to point B? Like the theme of this podcast episode, journey. Um, that journey was just, you kind of, you had to be there. Like a lot of things shaped me to where I am today, uh, pushed me into the direction, but I'm a firm believer that everything in life happens for a reason. So I wasn't meant to be in accounting. I wasn't meant to be in private equity, but I'm meant to be in management consulting, uh, at least for this part, portion of my career. Um, I know I want to get my MBA. Uh, and what I do after that is, is up in the air. Um, but yes, yeah, so everything in life happens for a reason. Uh, and I'm glad that I'm in the position that I'm in now. Nice. You just graduated, right? Yeah, graduated in May. Nice. When you see everybody I went to school with all growing up, like, oh my God, I did it. Yeah. Definitely. The journey. <laughs> yeah, they are, everybody's in their own journey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with you and your podcast, what kind of was your ideas about it so far? So yeah, so like it depends on the day that you're asking me. So <laughs> once I mean, this, I want to do something geared towards shaping the minds of the future generation of leaders, um, helping them, giving them tips and tricks about how to navigate college. But then again, you know, some days I want to I want to go on my podcast and give people tips and tricks about certain colognes. Um, I just got a couple here today um, and came in the mail. Um, yeah, I want to give people tips and tricks about colognes, fashion wear. I'm very much into, into fashion as well. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like I just want to have a podcast and I just talk about a variety of stuff, a variety of things. Same here. That's like how the original shape of the podcast is different from when it became. Definitely. And remember, it's your show, so you can kind of just do whatever you want. It's... Definitely, yeah. I also want to, I, like, I'm inspired by you. I, I want to bring in guest speakers as well, um, see what they feel about certain things. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of want to, do a little bit of everything. Um, just just got to find the time to do so. Uh, transitioning to a new part of my my life. Um, probably going to try to start it by, by the end of this year. Definitely. Nice. Yeah. Just be like, you know what? Go and then record and then you see what happens. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The new grind. That's all it's uh, the activities, people, me people be like, you join all the clubs and everything, you was everywhere. People thought I had shadow clones. It was like, yeah, man. <laughs> I I can make the joke that I was like a game of Pokemon trying to catch them all. Um, but yeah, it, it it being in many different organizations and clubs opened my eyes to a lot of things. I got to meet a, a lot of people um, in different areas in life. Like I met people who were in medium marketing, um, advertising, you know, accounting and finance, of course, investment banking. Um, so I have a lot of friends in different areas and I, I'm glad I got that experience. I'm definitely glad that I got that experience. Uh, I was able to travel a lot throughout my four years of college before COVID became a thing. 
Um, so yeah, I'm definitely glad that um, I was able to join so many organizations. And that's why I keep telling freshmen, uh, do what you can handle, of course, uh, but try to do a little bit of everything, you know? Because like one day go here, one day go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. You never know. You never know what opportunity could come your way because of it. Well, one time before COVID, these people in the classroom had a switch and had a mini projector. I was like, oh my God, this is fun. And then we played Smash Bros. Because I had my controllers yeah. with me and I could connect to the bears. And I was like, you got, you got a switch? I got a switch. <laughs> Definitely. I'm actually trying to buy one myself. Uh, the Nintendo Switch, the one with the two things at the end. Uh, I'm a little bit of a game, not too much. I game here and there. Like I have, uh, I have my Oculus right here, um, virtual reality gaming. Um, have a, I'm an Xbox guy, not a PlayStation guy at all. Um, I do a little bit of gaming. I when I, in my spare time, I'm very much into gaming and self care. Uh, video games is my form of self care. Um, so yeah, a little bit, not too much, uh, a little bit. Nice. Dude, I don't know. See, just hardworking people. Yeah, definitely. definitely was always call for things. I was like, "Hey, when we need help," and I was like, "Okay," and then you be like, "Of course." Yeah, man, I feel you. <laughs> I feel like with me though, I'm better as like a case study of like mm-hmm. showing people what I've done and then having mm-hmm. them ask me questions because like trying to explain why I did things. Sometimes it's just an impulse. It's like, go. Mm. I'm just like, how do you explain that? Yeah, definitely. I'm more of, a, I'm just like that too. I'm more of a doer than like a explainer. Uh, just something I'm trying to build upon actually, um, explaining more. Um, I'm more of a like lead by example type of leader. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to be uh, more of that person who explains why we do X, Y, Z um, and how, and more of than show how it's done. And then I also learned how to like, I learned to rely on others. Mm-hmm. One lessons, but I remember James was like, I was for Latin History Month, the first year I did it, I was uh, in charge of all the graphics. And I was like, I'm gonna do all nine events. And then James was like, get one of your friends to help you. And I was like, I have friends. Mm-hmm. And they can help me. Yep. Friends are very high places. Different areas. You're right. You're right. I should ask them. Yeah. Definitely. What else? You any other questions for me? Oh, I asked all the questions that I wanted to ask you, my man. <laughs> he was like, what was going through your head when you did things that you did? Yeah. A lot of it is just survival, also. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What would you say is your hardest semester? What was my hardest semester? Yeah. That's tough. Um, if, if we're incorporating outside factors into it, I would say my hardest semester had to be the semester, the spring semester of 2020, because that's when we had to go from in-person to virtual learning. Um, I still remember the email that we was, we all received 
seeing that we're going to be at home for the foreseeable future, um, at least for that for the rest of the remainder of the semester. At that point, we never knew COVID was going to be this big. Um, yeah, that was my hardest semester because it was adjusting to everything. At that point, I had just become NAB president. Um, we were trying to finish off the year strong, um, and I was the, I was the first ever pandemic president. Uh, I had to reshape everything about what we did, <laughs> everything. Um, the events that we had, the network, reaching out to network, the mentorship program that we had, um, our relationship with the with the corp, with our corporate sponsors, everything had to be reshaped, and that all fell towards me. Um, so what I did was had to reshape everything. I definitely relied on my board for a lot, uh, delegated tasks to them, uh, but we didn't let that keep us down. We persevered, uh, overcame that obstacle, and we actually ended up winning uh, NABA chapter of the year for the Eastern region. Um, so definitely proud of my team for that. But yeah, that was my toughest semester, spring uh, 2020. You just said, oh, everything got changed. Yeah. All right. Nice. Just that perseverance. Family. Yep. Absolutely. Like going, going back to the first wild choice you got. What you said? Going back to like the first question about your origin story. What else? What else you got? What other choice you got? Yeah, exactly. Didn't have any other choice. Yeah, we didn't think COVID was going to be this was going to last this long, but we're still here and we're still making it work. You're still running this amazing podcast virtually. <laughs> it used to be in person. Um, we got to make it work. You play the cards that you have, you know? And that you get creativity, like, you know, you start finding, like, you start pulling things out of you, just like, that's the way to do things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to my mom about that. She was like, your last, my last semester was the hardest. Really? Why would you say that? Because when my grandmother died two weeks before oh. school started, and then I had my I'm internship. So, I apologize. No, you, you, you talked about it before. Yeah. And then I had my internship that started a week after. And then I had two other jobs on campus. And I also had like the idea of like, I'm not going to have a job at the college. Mm-hmm. So like all of that, just like exhaustion on me, kind of did that. But you got through it though. Yeah. Definitely got through it. Definitely. And yeah, I'm pretty sure you're a stronger person because of it, you know? Yeah. It was like, I can handle it. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's like a, it wasn't like the school just like a lot of like everything just happened at once. It's just like, what? It's just like, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. But funny enough, the semester before that, I got my lower GPA than the last semester. Mm-hmm. That D2, that semester, then my last semester, I got D7. Okay. Hey. <laughs> That's still good. A 3-2 GPA is still good. Yeah, that was like, how did that happen? Yes. It can happen. It's much e- <laughs> It's definitely easier to drop in GPA points than to gain to- in GPA points. Uh, unfortunately, that's the sad truth. Because this is how math works. Because yeah. if you add 100 to 100 to 100, it's going to stay 100. Yeah. But if you take a number, if you add a 99, then it drops. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Sophomore year is the only year they made things list. I'm just like, what was part? 
på sådan en historie. Ja, ja, ja. So it's been an hour. So, oh, it's been an hour already. Okay. Yeah. And then we go um, end it there on that All sad right. note. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a sad note because you came out a stronger person because of it. Uh, and I'm pretty sure everybody in your family is proud of the man that you became. Um, and you finished off. You finished. You got a four-year degree, my man. Uh, in four everybody. years. Yeah. In four years. And I guess you also you already kind of said the last question about what you name it. You say your name the journey, the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the journey, man. It's been a journey. Yeah. So anything else before we end? Oh no, man. Uh, definitely. Thank you for having me here. I uh, wanted to be a part of your podcast for a long time. Thank you so much for it. Uh, and it was a great experience, my man. I was like, you're a president. Let's focus on being a president. I got you later. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for joining anytime. All right, my man, Zeke. And... That brings another episode of the Let's Get Out Podcast so close. Again, I have to thank my friend Kyle for being a guest on the podcast. For next week, I have Sierra, the owner of Honest Creations. Hope you continue on Thursday, and I hope to see you there. <laughs>